welcome to X-Rated Movies. This is a movie podcast by two guys who used to date and now they no longer date. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Whedon. I'm another one of your hosts, Matthew Fisher. Hi, Matt. Hi, Ryan. This is, of course, uh, the movie I chose for 420. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in Washington State. If you don't know us personally, one of the 12 states where marijuana is legal that sounds about right 17 because new york just passed it i don't think it's law quite yet but like their state senate voted on it to approve and it's most likely going to approve they're just getting around to it come on new york isn't it a little funny like because it's like here and like california i think has it legal now yeah uh and i think oregon oregon and so like to me like packing up like if i like go to a different state or visit someone like i'll pack up like an edible or two or like uh my vape or something yeah like it doesn't even dawn on me that like other states don't have it legal yet right we're so used to it now and also all that weed probably makes you forget (laughs) well to me i'm just like it's like packing up any other sort of travel item it's like saying oh your toothpaste is illegal right like, I don't know, like, like, cause like, for me, like I do a hit or two off my vape to like help me sleep. I think it's more, uh, uh, Pavlovian oh, at yeah. this point where mm-hmm. it's like when I get high, my body's like, and now it's time to sleep. Right. Uh, so like I keep my vape around, like if I travel just cause I'm just like hit or two hour later, nice, deep, calm sleep. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's weird to me to think that, that cause we obviously haven't like, crumbled as a society here in washington yeah everything seems pretty banal not too much has really changed since it's been legal here yeah it seems like people do it with the same regularity that they always did i guess we had that uh, anarchist zone <laughs> for a period over the summer yeah Could be related to drugs i don't know <laughs> that what a lawless 600 feet radius of yeah just uh, uh, really like the purge is what it was in there. Oh my Just gosh! Complete lawlessness, <laughs> and that's what happens when you legalize marijuana. But on you know the stoner holiday that is 420, I want to reflect back on some of uh, the lies that you've been told about drugs from huh. maybe a dare officer oh, yeah. or just a teacher or a parent. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. Okay, that about wraps up my introduction. Now, uh, are there any questions? I'll go ahead and get the ball rolling. Great, okay. I remember very specifically in my dare class, this, you know, I was probably 10, 11. The dare officer told us that uh, if you smoke marijuana just once, that eliminates you from being qualified for a policeman or a fireman or or any sort of like job that perhaps a 12-year-old boy might be into. (laughs) Wow. Because they said that uh, marijuana lives in your fat cells, like even after one use, and that uh, it comes out when you exert yourself or exercise could reactivate at any moment and so like they're like we don't want you like in a a a high-speed chase or or a shootout and then like suddenly you're seeing pink elephants so it's like if you use pot only once you'll never be able to like get and like because it stays in your system so they'll be able to test it and uh yeah i uh i don't feel like that's true (laughs) (laughs) is that when you decided you didn't want to be a cop anymore (laughs) yeah my career as a firefighter ended right then and there. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> obviously I was smoking weed when I was 11. <laughs> you like put the bong down. You're like, what? What? <laughs> I look like Brad Pitt in True Romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> with my honey bear bong. <laughs> what? What? That's a pretty bald faced lie. That's that's just straight up scare tactics right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I just remember it was always if you do marijuana, it's inevitably a gateway to doing harder and harder drugs until you're in a gutter doing cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Right, like crack cocaine, you know. And crack was, cocaine if you're lucky. Yeah, right. It's just uh injecting bleach or something. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I remember and then I did the first time I smoked pot was in high school. I was fifteen and it was like I just want to smoke more pot now. <laughs> it's like the only other drug I wanted to do for years. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, I think that's uh that's a pernicious lie there that the, you're the, automatically moving you're like next step. Like I gotta get all check off all these drugs now. Yeah, that that it's this gateway drug. And they always used to lump in alcohol with this, but it was always with like it felt like an asterisk. It was always like, You're gonna do all these bad, bad drugs, the illegal ones, and then alcohol is a drug. Right. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, even though like the health effects of alcohol like a casual drinker probably does more damage to their body than a casual pot user. Seriously. There was a study not too pretty recently that came out that was like looked at all the drugs across the board and like alcohol was the most harmful for you but like shrooms were the least and it's like why are these illegal (laughs) well i mean shrooms you can have a bad trip i guess and like maybe do some self-harm but it said that they were the least like on in the study they said that those were like the least probably because well like with pot you're more likely to smoke it and even though it doesn't have like the tar and shit that like nicotine has, I think that anytime you put smoke in your lungs, it's not the best for your lungs. Yeah. Whereas like shrooms, you're just eating food. Yeah. Like it's just food. Yeah. Your body processes it and you poop it out. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the nutritional value of <laughs> shrooms are. <laughs> you're counting calories. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you know, maybe it's proteinaceous. Like <laughs> maybe if you're a bodybuilder. Are these keto? <laughs> Uh, I also remember being told by a dare officer that uh, nicotine, and, and maybe this is true because like nicotine doesn't come in these forms, but it was like if you combine nicotine into like a solid form, uh-huh. a portion of it the size of like an aspirin, if it touches your skin, you'll die. <laughs> your dare officer, <laughs> what's that guy on? <laughs> is he getting his information, Alex Jones? <laughs> Put a, Put a pin, pin in it. it. <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like these lies that we were told about drugs and alcohol kind of uh, feed maybe a anti-authority strain in our generation. That's mm. like when you try and scare us and like bald face lie to us, maybe we don't trust you about other things afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe we're super skeptical of authority figures and the shit that they tell us. If you can't trust your dare officer, <laughs> who can you trust? I know. Who was in the, uh, this is your brain on drugs. There was some actress. Oh, uh, Rachel Lee Cook. Well, okay. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Cooking that egg. Uh-huh. This is what happens to your brain after snorting heroin. Yeah, the, the whole, I, I like the Onion article that, or headline that came out recently that's like, drugs win drug war. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like the turning point where it's like we really shouldn't declare war on ideas or things. Like war only works if it's like a country. Well, what about uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson's war on poverty? 
Seems like poverty's winning. <laughs> well, I mean, they actually did stuff to combat it, though. Like, they gave money to schools and programs and things like that and that were all cut in the Reagan administration. Remember when we won the war on terrorism? <laughs> yeah, of course. Many years ago. I remember the, the Mission Accomplished banner. Wasn't right. that when we won? Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe when we caught Osama bin Laden. I don't know. Anyway, terrorism is done. I think you're just like painting yourself into a corner if you're declaring a war on something that's not another country or person. Maybe people are are lighter with the war on X terminology nowadays. But yeah, just the, the whole just say no campaign. Like, obviously, I don't think that we should be teaching kids to do drugs. Right. Like, I don't think, like, the D.A.R.E. officer should come in and be like, look at all these health benefits of marijuana. (laughs) I brought in some samples of all the drugs for you kids to try. Let's do it in a safe space. Yes. CBD helps alleviate anxiety and depression. Like, I don't think we should necessarily be starting at that spot. Mm -hmm. But, like, maybe, like, actually showing the difference that it's like, you know, smoking marijuana, putting smoke in your lungs is never beneficial for your lungs. But, you know, beyond that, like there's the paranoia. If you get too high, there is a, a, a lethargy that comes from, like we all know people who j- just smoke pot and yeah. don't do anything else. Yeah, There is an argument to be made for the, the uh, robbing of ambition, perhaps. But it's like, you can explain all that and then say like, heroin leads to this sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know, people have died from doing Molly or ecstasy or some variation and they lose control over their faculties or they stop doing self-care like those kids like out the gorge every year. They go to those raves, do Molly, they get dehydrated and they die. Right. Um, Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe we just don't give kids enough credit that if we explain things in realistic terms that... Maybe when they're presented with these things, like if they're presented with marijuana and they're like, oh, well, I heard this isn't so bad, but I have heard that heroin's bad. They'll just do marijuana and not heroin. Yeah. And don't, you know, I feel like they also didn't, uh, and maybe this was on purpose, they didn't really highlight how fucking awesome drugs can be. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, maybe mention that like, they're they're cool. Or no, don't say they're cool. But be like, <laughs> they can be... People take them for a reason. Like, right. You know. People aren't doing it necessarily because they're addicted to everything all the time. Right. Like, sometimes they're doing it because, like, you know, I'll get stoned and watch an action movie. Yeah. And it's just, you know, getting stoned and watching Tenet. It, I, I could not mushrooms. follow that film in the <laughs> slightest. But I don't think that was the marijuana's problem. <laughs> or, uh, you know, like, take some mushrooms and go see the Flaming Lips in concert or something. Oh, I don't know. sure. Like, yeah. That's... That, probably cool i mean shrooms out in nature you're camping or like a picnic outside on a sunny day yeah that's awesome yeah i'm also very pro everyone doing shrooms Mm -hmm. like i mean every time i do them i'm always in a good mood the next day so yeah like there's a little bit of a burnout the next day but uh i don't know i'm always in a more serene blissful place Mm -hmm. um i don't know anyone who's addicted to shrooms like, that's just not a thing that... I don't think it is either. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Drugs, 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 drugs. We love drugs.
Well, I think that brings us to the theme of today's movie, Ryan. Yep. Uh, today's movie, of course, being Scanner Darkly, Richard Linklater's 2006 adaptation of Philip K. Dick's novel. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you feel about Dick? I'm pro-Dick. Yeah. Yeah. I like Dick a lot, too. I, I, in fact, I could do more Dick. You could do with more Dick. I could life. do with more Dick, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I think the, the number of Dicks out there are too few. Do you think Hollywood isn't giving us enough dick these days? Hollywood is definitely not giving us enough dick. I think this is the last dick Hollywood's given us. Really? I think so. Oh my gosh. We are uh, due for some dick. <laughs> Overdue for some dick. Yeah. Dear Hollywood. <laughs> More dick, please. <laughs> I've never read a Philip K. Dick novel. Oh, um, okay. Well, he's a terrible writer. That's, that's always <laughs> what I've heard is that it's very procedural almost like just very dry these are the facts just clunky is it yeah it's like you're like stumbling over words Wh- as you're reading. which ones have you read i read do androids dream of electric sheep terrible and, title i know and blade I, runner is such a better title i know than that. and i read uh martian time slip which is like an autism analogy okay um and both like I just I see why people want to make movies of his sure because they're like they're great ideas he, he's really good with ideas he was just not a good writer yeah bless the man like and I think that like his movies in general or, or adaptations of his novels and movies in general are good like they're always like oh I get the idea now yeah I, I like, I've even seen some like shitty movies based on his books and I'm always like you know what like the script here, like the bones, the narrative arc of this mm-hmm. is actually really good. Yeah. Like most of the time, if the movie's not good, it's because like the budget was very shoestring and it's science fiction and shoestring science fiction. That's dangerous ground. Yeah, it's not really a combination made in heaven. Yeah. Uh, but it's always like the story itself seems solid. And yeah, I, I've heard that that this movie in particular, Scanner Darkly, it doesn't quite capture the maybe frantic, paranoid nature of the book quite as much. Linkletter, I think, makes it a little, uh, you know, stoner hangout movie. Okay. I got the paranoia element of it. I definitely get the paranoia element of it because it's like they kind of, like Linkletter really kind of lets you just sit with them as they kind of spiral out into these like paranoid delusions. Yeah. And being like Keanu Reeves' character like paranoid that they're watching just not knowing who you're talking to all the time is a little like paranoid would you make me paranoid sure i also like philip k dick he also puts in like really any of the movies that i've seen based on his books at some point like you are the enemy mm. like something about the story makes it so that you can't even trust your own thoughts blade runner you know uh spoiler alert decker could be a replicant uh, and he is, yeah. like, if you've seen Blade Runner 2049. Total Recall. Yep. Um, yep. Is it a dream or? Well, I mean, also, like, at least in the movie, there's the video that's, like, helping him navigate this world of him that, like, he recorded ahead of time. And then you find out that that recording is, like, buddy-buddy with the enemy. Right. So it's, like, you can't even trust these recordings from yourself. And then, of course, in this one, Keanu Reeves, Bob Arctor is supposed to be monitoring Bob Arctor. Right. He's supposed to be investigating himself, essentially. Right. Oh, Minority Report would be another one. It's like the precogs see Tom Cruise committing a crime. And so it's like the system that he believes in 
is is making him the guilty. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's like the theme in Philip K. Dick novels or stories is that at some point, like you are your own enemy, Mm -hmm. which I think is good. Like that, because if you can't trust yourself, like who can you trust them? Like that's like the ultimate paranoia is if like you can't even trust your own thoughts or feelings or experiences. Yeah. This And this one gets into that with like um, your senses. Cause like there's something that happens with this drug that people take. What's it called? D substance D substance D. I wonder what the D stands for. <laughs> uh, and what it does is it like splits your hemispheres. So they're not communicating and they do these tests on him where they're like, what is the animal you see here? This is not a Rorschach test where some abstract block can be interpreted many ways by many subjects. This has one specific object in this case, a dog. What does that mean that I saw a sheep instead? Who knows? Only after the entire set has been run can we make a determination. Why this is superior to the Rorschach is that it's not interpretive. There are many wrongs, but there is only one right. You either get it or you don't. And if you show a run of not getting it, then we have a fix on a functional impairment and we dry you out for a while until you test better later on. But that's a thing where it's like they could very easily have a picture of whatever on there. A mouse, we'll say, and he says mouse. But if they tell him, oh, no, that's obviously an elephant. You're you're wrong. Like, that would make me very paranoid. And after a while, you're like, what am I? Well, then there's just like you're sitting there and you're looking at the card. You're like, I see a lamb. Mm -hmm. But like, what if it's not a lamb? Yeah. Like, what if I'm saying the wrong thing? Like, then you're just nervous to answer altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just doubting everything. Yeah. Your own perceptions. Uh, and I mean, uh, that happens to him a couple times, like when he gets that hooker and, right. you know, uh, uh, sees Connie, uh, Winona Ryder. And yeah, it's like he, he has trouble trusting his own perceptions, his own experiences, which is like the foundation of trust. Like if we can't trust what we see, if we can't trust like our own experiences, like what can we trust? Yeah. And so it's just like, it's a breakdown of just being able to trust anything yeah actually this is kind of a nice uh follow-up to repulsion now that i'm thinking about it because mm. that's also deals with sort of like schizophrenia and like breaking down and not and you know not being able to trust what your brain is telling you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. interesting but this one in this movie he's a little more aware of it <laughs> like, right this isn't schizophrenia this is uh like we we know why he's yeah. having problems. <laughs> Drugs are bad, okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. They don't really say what substance D does. Like we know that euphoria is is worked in there somehow. Yeah, it seems to have some uh, hallucinative properties. Yeah. Hallucinatory properties, uh, or at least if you take enough of it, it will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it like they don't spend too much time on that. It, it's just. Like, for the most part, we see them fairly soberly. Like, we're not in their headspace too much. Like, right. Like, but the, if you, but as an observer, you look at them, you're like, those people are on drugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when the car breaks down. Uh-huh. And they're, like, talking about how the, the, the screw was screwed in backwards, so it would go the different direction when you pump the brake or something. I was like, I don't think that's how screws work. <laughs> Let's have a look. Let's probe a little. All right. The screw has been turned all the way out, the idle screw. So, when the linkage parted, it went the other way, up instead of down. Wait, how could that happen? There is no way that that screw could turn itself all the way out like that access. No way. Motherfucker! 
did it deliberately! We almost died! They almost fucking got us, man! Or uh, they get home and they think that someone has, like, bugged the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, there's a cigarette lit, lit here. They, the, uh, 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 someone clearly came in. They could have put stuff in the outlets. They could put stuff here. And I was like, so you think that they're, like, clever enough to come in, like, bug the place, you know, uh, like... Time everything perfectly to, like, you're out of the house. They'll sweep the place, bug it, and leave. But they will still smoke a cigarette <laughs> and, like, put it out in your ashtray and, like, leave it still, like, hot. Like, that's um, just, like, classic, like, drug user thinking. Allow me to suggest that it's highly likely that the tow truck was bugged, thus affording them ample time and opportunity to deploy an operative to defuse and otherwise erase the evidence obtained. But at this point, we have no other recourse in view of their evasive tactics. I mean, there was, of course, one thing you could do, Bob, although it would take time. Sell the house and move out. But hell, this is our home. Okay, so I, I just am remembering this story now. This might have been the first time I did acid. I was with uh, my first... I'm not, I'll call him a boyfriend. And... We were just hanging out, and I was supposed to pick up my parents from the airport. Oh, my God. And I w- I'd been, like, house-sitting at their place, and he- I dropped the acid, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go pick up my parents now. But I went... What? I don't know. I don't know. I was, like, 20. I- maybe 18. I don't know. But I was. I went back to the house first to make sure, like, everything was in order, because I'd been hanging out at his place. Drove back to my parents' house just to make sure everything was in order. I get there lights are on there's like half a drunk glass of wine on the coffee table there's like a pizza and i was like hello i'm like looking around nobody's there so i call up the boyfriend at the time and i'm like is it possible that i'm hallucinating like lights on and things like that he's like probably not it turned out my parents had come home early on an early flight and they were going to meet me at the airport this was before like cell phones to like tell me like oh it's okay we've already gotten home but okay <laughs> i it was the scariest thing because I, I mean i shouldn't have been driving well Sorry. yeah yeah i thought for sure i could like fake my way through uh talking to my parents but um it was really for the best because <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know how i thought i was gonna get myself out of that but um I'm also kicking myself when you said your first boyfriend i should have asked if you were getting that substance d ah <laughs> damn it Ah, missed opportunity. Anyway, it's okay. But yeah, that that just that whole feeling of getting in and not your place not being how you expect it to be. If you're on drugs, it's like, okay, something is going on here. I freak out when I think there's one more step and there's not, (laughs) like on the stairs. (laughs) Uh Like, you know, imagine like that feeling, but expanded to like your entire surroundings. Yeah, yeah. Which, if you were weren't on drugs wouldn't seem so crazy yeah just be like okay there's there's a logical explanation here but being on drugs it's like oh shit (laughs) it's just the idea that's like this might not be real yeah like you could not be seeing things correctly yeah yeah so i think the movie's good at capturing that totally Yeah, yeah yeah that feel also just like it's all rotoscope which is sort of like archer esque animation like archer style animation but on top of real actors like no one had to wear makeup or anything like that you know how did you feel about the rotoscope i like it in this instance one you can still see how people are emoting like it still gives you the read of people's faces but 
I think it creates a disorienting effect. Like the way, especially like when the camera like pans or moves like, or tracks, like there's like a wobbly effect Mm -hmm. to like things in the background. And I think that really creates the effect they're looking for. I think it gave them sort of an easy way to do CG. Like, like if they did CG aphids or that like, you know, creature from between the dimensions or something like that with CG, like it might look phony because like 2006, like doing cheap CG would maybe not look great. Yeah. This, I think, kind of alleviated that problem. Like, they could do weird visual stuff or, like, just the scramble suit in general. Uh-huh. Like, if they tried that with just the CG of the day, I think it would date the film. And doing rotoscope, just because there's not too many movies that look this way, it kind of just makes the movie stand apart. Like, it doesn't necessarily look or feel like a movie from 2006. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have mixed feelings on it. Yeah. Because the aforementioned when the like camera moves and you can see things in the background moving strangely. I don't like that because Mm. a lot of times my eye would be following that Mm. and I'd be missing out on information that people were saying because I'm just like, why is it moving? That looks weird. Mm. And then I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, is, is Linkletter pointing out that like, oh, yeah, when you're on drugs, you're not paying attention to the things you should be. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. So that's possible if I'm giving him some credit. Also, it makes it you can see them emote, but it makes it hard to tell what age they're supposed to be. Oh, sure. So like there's a like they could be anywhere from like 23 to 40. I kind of like that aspect of oh. it, though, mostly because the house that they all live in. Remind me so much of my stoner friends' houses, like right. In, like right after high school and like into college. Like maybe it would work better if I didn't know how old these actors are <laughs> in in real life. Because like Woody Harrelson, first of all, wig probably. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. It was there were times when it like wasn't moving naturally. Well, I feel like Woody Harrelson rocks the bald look voluntarily most of the time right so yeah probably so like having the big shaggy do yeah probably wig but um his was the most distracting for me because it was age-wise because i was like he's acting like maybe a 22 year old stoner kid would yeah but i know he's not i know that that Mm. actor isn't and so it's like i don't know it kept like kind of pushing me out a little bit maybe I, i also like remember like buying drugs in high school and like buying them from like 35 year old burnouts sure yeah would hang around and play smash brothers with us and yeah. like get high with us it's like but because i can't tell his age because it's all like painted over it like was confusing me yeah, okay yeah i do think it's choice casting like a oh yeah kiana was a burnout Mwah. like what else do you want him to play it's like he can do that and action stars yeah yeah he's kind of like neo a little bit in this too Go on. Well, in that, in the end, spoiler alert, turns out he's being used by his agency to infiltrate. And when he's infiltrated, he's become like open to suggestion. They tell him, you're not seeing this kind of thing. And it's kind of like a a pall has been put over his his eyes. Do you think that uh, they purposely made Substance D red pills as a reference to the Matrix? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's kind of like embedded. Like he didn't. Things were happening. Bigger things were happening around him that he will wake up to eventually. Maybe. Sure. Yeah, I can see that a little yeah. bit. Kind of. I mean, I'm. 
I'm uh, stretching a little bit. But I mean, you know, he was such a California surfer stoner dude that it just I don't know, this just seemed like a, a good natural extension for him. Uh Robert Downey Jr., of course, famous for abusing drugs. Oh yeah. Uh <laughs> he loves them. <laughs> I also hear he's a fucking handful on the set of like the Marvel movies. Oh god. Because he needs like an onset therapist with him. And like between every take Basically, that therapist just has to go and tell him that, like, he did okay, he did good, he did what the director wanted, he did what the film called for, what the scene needed for. Like, I don't know if that's just him being, like, a needy Hollywood actor or if just he's so emotionally fragile from decades of drug abuse that, like, he needs some outside reassurance. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're talking about how you can't trust your own perceptions. Like, he needs someone there to, like, validate his perceptions. Mm -hmm. I like him a lot in this movie, actually. I mean, he's really good as, like, the hyper-articulate, like, stoner. Uh, yes, hi. How are you? I have something somewhat, uh, emergent, uh, to report. Uh, I don't know if I should be something the inhalator squad or the resuscitation squad. <coughs> uh, I, 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 don't, I don't want to say it's not cardiac arrest, but it's either that or an involuntary uh, asphyxiation level is within the... I've met people like that. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Who think they know what they're talking about, and actually it's just a lot of bullshit. They also give him a good look for the part. You like the beret? (laughs) So he looks like the Simeon Liberation Army or whatever? Yeah, with the glasses and everything. I don't know. It worked. He was was probably my favorite part of this watch. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Robert Downey Jr., like, he's got a a lane for acting. Like, he can't... He's not the super... Or most versatile actor or anything, but it's like... If you're calling for that sort of like smarmy, intelligent, or pseudo intelligent part, he's good at it. I feel like Marvel's kind of ruined him. Like, yeah. Name the last interesting movie he's done that wasn't a Marvel movie. Right. There was just like this short window after Ally McBeal and after like he went AWOL and like went to recovery and was like trying to get back into the acting game that he was really good. Yeah. And now he's just like, I don't know, I feel like a stereotype of himself or caricature of yeah, himself. Yeah, he's, he's kind of Johnny Depping it now, just phoning it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah Iron Man was his, his Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta land one of those rolls. <laughs> and I mean, Woody Harrelson, like huge pop proponent, huge. Oh, yeah. So putting him in, I don't know, it just kind of feels like the the center of the movie revolved around like these like three people who either look like they use drugs, do use drugs, talk about using drugs. Like, I don't know. Like it just, it seemed like there was a a meta elements to their casting. They didn't just hire good actors to play these parts. They hired people who knew what it was like to be too high. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know if if that applies to Noni, but um, has she had any problems with drug abuse? I think just pill popping when she went on that like shoplifting spree. Was she on pills? I think she had some pills in her purse. Okay. Mm, might need to fact check that. But. Yeah, we'll have the buzzer ready. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. And then Link Letter, of course. Like, I, I, I've never smoked weed with him personally. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to assume. Yeah, all of his movies just kind of have a lazy stoner quality to them. Mm-hmm. Although this is, I think, like his most capital D directed movie. You know, you think of the before movies or Days and Confused, and it's like those all have like a feather touch direction to them. Uh-huh. 
uh, this is like his like I mean waking life too, but I, uh, this yeah. has a narrative structure to it. Like there's shit going on here. There's like a story that has to be followed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. This one feels like the most active hand directing wise. Okay. So uh, we'll unpin that pin. Oh. Alex Jones is in this movie. Oh, he's also in Waking Life too. He is. I think he. I feel like he's in other Linkletter movies. I think too. he's from Austin, and so that's why. He yeah, like- I like. I think because I want to say, and like even in Dazed and Confused, there was some loudmouth jackass driving around in a car, like blaring something out of a out of a, out of a car. <clears throat> I might be misremembering that, but I feel like Alex Jones like was a presence in Austin and Linkletter thought it was amusing. So he like worked it into some of the movies. Oh, is that what it is? I, well, I think so. It's like, not like this guy's making some good points over here. <laughs> I mean, in this movie, it, it sort of almost portrays him as being sympathetic. Yeah. <laughs> and so it made me real uncomfortable. Where did substance D come from? Why can't we stop it? The bigger this war gets, the more freedoms we lose, the more Substance D is on our streets. Can't you figure this out? Look around you. Look how far we've come. Humanity wasn't meant to live like this. Our every waking moment tracked and traced and scanned. It's time to stop submitting to this tyranny. It's time to realize that we're being enslaved. Uh-oh, it's our tax dollars at work. Protect us from ourselves. Hey, guys, I used to be one of you. Stop selling out your own species. But it's also weird to see Alex Jones before he was famous for all the shit that we think of him now, like mm-hmm. gay frogs and things like that. Talk about paranoid. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, to me, I think it's a, a, a like sort of a tip of the cap or, or, or a homage to Nashville, the Altman movie, because, oh. like, one of, like, the recurring, like, scenes in that was, like, some conspiracy theorist driving around in a car with a, a air horn or whatever, yeah, like, like bla- yeah, blasting conspiracy theories. So like, I think he's just like, oh, this is that jackass for my generation. Yeah, I, I guess that's how he got his start too, right? Alex Jones would just go out on the streets of Austin with a megaphone and start shouting things, and eventually someone's like, we should give this man a show. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I worry because it's like, I don't know how he's being presented in this movie because it's like. There is a little bit that seems like, oh, because he's not being paranoid. He gets hauled away by the feds. Right. Like, he's talking about how we're all sheeple or whatever. Yeah. And then these, like, men in, like, masks and dark uniforms come and kidnap him. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, are we lending credence to what he's saying? Or are you just, do you think it's just a funny thing to throw in here and have Alex Jones do it? Like, I just, I'm I'm 15 years ago. Yeah. I don't know exactly when Alex Jones like came to prominence. Yeah. But at the time it was probably just something that Linkletter thought was funny. And that was like time back then. Well, well, I mean, it could just be like, you know, wouldn't it be funny if this crazy guy was right? You know, that's also a very stoner thought. Like, yeah. What if, what if he's right, man? What if he's, what if he's got it all figured out? What if he knows? What does he know? I want to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, also, Richard Linkletter, I think, is uh, the uh, greatest proponent of the uh, cis-hetero white male uh, story of our generation. Mm -hmm. I can't think of, like, any movie that uh, uh, hinges on diversity in race, gender, or sexuality. I guess he's presenting that there are different shades of that... uh, cis hetero masculine guy 
Yeah, the, all the be, colors of the cis hetero white. I mean, rainbow. it's beige, 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 <laughs> but uh, you know, we're, we're we're talking about eggshell versus uh, nimbus and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, cream. <laughs> the American Psycho business card comparison. Yeah, but you know, there's there's some shades there. There's I guess there are some areas of that that haven't been explored in film <laughs> yet. So someone's got to do it, I suppose. I mean, I say that as a big fan of his movies. Oh yeah, like. They're very good movies, and I'm not saying that I want Linkletter to, like, make a movie about, like, a trans girl in uh, Nigeria who's struggling for food and water. Like, I'd watch it. I just, I don't think he's the right person to tell that story, and, you know, there's one thing to, like, expand your breadth of knowledge but there's also to like tell the story you know he's a white guy there's a certain amount of privilege that comes with that i don't really want to see what he thinks being unprivileged might look like like that could be problematic or troublesome or like if he did it badly like what would that look like like i don't know these are questions i don't want answered right right (laughs) i'm perfectly fine with him (sighs) making the movies that he wants to make but they all do sort of just center around like the trials and tribulations of being a white guy in mildly conservative America. Yeah. Hey, he's got he's got it covered. <laughs> he's got that <laughs> locked and loaded. If that's yeah. a, if that's an area of your life that you want to learn more about, just uh, go through his oeuvre. Um, I wanted to ask you. Okay, let's just get out of the way. Fruit pies. Are they for old ladies or for everyone? No, they're for everyone. What the fuck? Fucking fruit pies are for old ladies. Hey. That was my first note. I was really upset. The character lost me from then for the rest of the movie. Your grandma might make fruit pies, but I will eat them. They're like, delicious. Yeah. I, I'm also like, when I get a hankering for something sweet, it's usually something fruity. Mm-hmm. I don't keep like chocolates around the house or anything. Like if I... Break down and get ice cream. It's usually some sort of sorbet. Okay. Yeah. Um, I never really get cake unless it's got like fruit in it someplace. Mm-hmm. Give me a fruit pie any day. Seriously. You get the flaky crust. You get the sweet, sometimes tart insides. They said that they make the peach pie there. I know. Homemade peach pie, people. What the fuck? Especially if I'm on drugs. <laughs> I want to eat some delicious pie. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, when he said that, I was like, I take personal offense to Yeah, that. I was very upset. I paused the movie to write my note down. I also like that scene, the conversation that those two are having, and like when the waitress kind of is like, can I get you anything else, or how are you liking your meal? And Robert Downey Jr., just the way that he reacts, he's like, everything is wonderful, thank you. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, customer service could use more customers like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, just polite, it seems sincere. Like I'm just like, that... All customers should be like that. Yeah. My read was that he's a little compensating for his table mate. Who oh, is sure, sure. Clearly on drugs. Yeah. It's like, we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've seen before. It gave me a little PTSD of working in the uh, service industry, but you know, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> this is like uh, any scene in uh, Donut Time and Tangerine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the little touches, like making the, uh, the license plates barcodes. Oh, I didn't notice that. I think there was letters as well, but like they were barcodes. So it's like, I don't know that uh, while I was watching, I was like, you know, all these things are used to do are are like registration numbers. Like it's just a code to trace the ownership of this vehicle. Like essentially a barcode. Like the only reason that we keep it like letters, I'm sure is so that like we as people can identify what the characters are. Mm -hmm. 
in a futuristic surveillance state. They just want something they can scan. Right. And that's one of those little touches that I see frequently in Philip K. Dick's stuff. That I don't know. I thought it was, I thought that was a really nice touch here. I guess with rotoscope, well, one of the advantages of the rotoscoping is that you can do stuff like that easily since you're animating everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I did kind of catch myself thinking like, oh, what if you have like a goof, like a continuity goof or something, like someone left their water bottle in the shot or something, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I'm, I was thinking like the shooting schedule on this probably went pretty fast. I, I was thinking that way too. Like I'm sure that there is a cost to rotoscope everything, but you... Like, uh, costume and wardrobe is minimal. Uh, you can probably save on props or production design. Uh, there's no makeup. Like, you, you can get away with a lot of stuff or, or slacking off in other areas, rather. Yeah. And get it all in post, which I think if you're an independent filmmaker, really can make a difference. Yeah, depending on how long it takes to do that, which sounds like it was a long, arduous process. Oh really? The, yeah. Um, in the two movies that he has rotoscoped, I think I prefer the animation in Waking Life better because it it's more um, stylized by whoever the person's talking to. Okay. And it allows for more imagination in that department. Well, it's more cartoony, I guess, in Waking Life. Like it's animation used in ways that we think animation should be used for. Yeah, and in this one. It feels sometimes like, I don't want to say like he's trying to get away with stuff, but it just seemed like he thought that it'd be easier if we just do it for the whole thing rather than scenes here and there. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. I I like this movie better than Waking Life because, I don't know, the, Waking Life, it didn't really draw me in. Like, I, I never felt hooked at any given point. It just... That movie you can fade in and out of, though. That's the thing. I think I two-screened that movie a lot. Like, I think I watched it while, like, doing homework. Because I remember I watched it when I went back to school. Mm-hmm. And this one, I don't I, I don't feel like you should two-screen this one. In fact, I think you should get stoned and watch this one. Well, I've only seen it twice. And both times I watched it stoned. And I was always distracted by the things moving around. <laughs> and, like, I had to read the plot again because I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I always catch it. But I just feel like the details are always fuzzy for me. Okay. And so... um I should try watching The Sober sometime, I suppose. I watched it twice for the podcast. Once on Friday where I did, you know, after work, got stung, got, you know, a, a drink in my hand and just like settled into the couch. And then I watched it again this morning before uh, you came over and watched it with coffee, which as we've learned, watching a movie on coffee and watching a movie on pot are very different experiences. Yeah. Speaking of which. You're doing both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also uh, on muscle relaxers. So. <laughs> I thought we were doing a Duke drugs, man. <laughs> That's true. You understood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> and watching this movie on coffee, I did find myself getting a little distracted. Like, or, or maybe it was just that, you know, watching them so close together, like some of the, the paranoid rambling stuff, the, the car breaking down, like... Watching those scenes on coffee, I it does make it feel like they could have cut this. Whereas when I watched it while stoned, I was like, I am understanding their mindset. <laughs> but both times when we get to the end and he's like taken away to the farm, mm-hmm. it's still a gut punch both times to me. I cried both times. Oh, you cried. 
there's something about when he's in that field and he sees all those blue flowers and he he's not connecting it. And then that shitty white dude in a suit comes by who's totally degrading him, totally, like, literally looking down on him. You're seeing the flower of the future. But not for you, Bruce. Not for me. No, you've had too much of a good thing already. <laughs> get up, get up. Uh, stop worshiping. This isn't your god anymore, although it once was. For some reason, I found that so degrading and dehumanizing. Mm. Uh, and then, like, how it fades away and, like, he puts the blue flower in his boot. And, like, there's just that, like, glimmer of maybe this will be the undoing. I saw death rising from the earth. And the ground itself. In one blue field. Present for my friends at Thanksgiving. And then it 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 does that post text of just like these are people who had to pay too high a price for what they did. Oh yeah. Like both times I cried. Like it just makes me feel like you know, we were talking about this earlier, like the war on drugs, like we shouldn't have a war on ideas because what it turns into is just a war on certain types of people. Yeah. And it's like, we've just spent like an hour, two hours with these people who like, we these, these are like the most helpless people around. Like we shouldn't be demonizing these people. They should be getting treatment for their problems. I mean, it's, it's complex. And like the only like real villain in, in the movie is new path. Because the way that they at least portray it is like the law enforcement officials are trying to bring down New Path. New Path has a, you know, vertically integrated uh, drug distribution and rehab altogether. Like they're making money at like every stop at the junction. And like the way that the law enforcement officials are sort of like how it's like ruined their soul to do this job trying to bring down New Path. Yeah. I don't know, like, it just, it it hit me both times. When I was, like, when I was high, like, I started, like, getting sad at, like, the diner scene with Winona Ryder and whoever that other one was. And then this time it was just, like, the scene, like, as it's fading out, as he's, like, putting, like, the, the flower, like, in his boot. And it just, it just seems so unfair to, like, to, to have this war on drugs, but it's actually just against, like, people who use drugs and people who who can't fight this war you know what i mean like they're aiming all their resources at drug users the easier targets the low-hanging fruit as opposed to like the source of it like which is so much harder to get at yeah and i don't know i I just like yeah winona Ryder talking about how like she couldn't sleep anymore and that, like, she had to get out of it because it was just, like, this isn't fair to anyone. And, like, is it even worth it if we have to, like, sacrifice a human against their will? Yeah. Or without them knowing. Yeah, it hit me hard both times. And, yeah, just, like, the list of people who, like, died or permanent psychoses or, you know, just permanent organ damage and stuff like that. Like, it just doesn't feel like penalizing them like this 
like making their activities illegal is the right thing to do. Yeah. Because, I mean, the movie's not pro-drugs. I could see you, like, someone watching this movie for, like, 20 minutes and think that it was, like, glorifying drugs, but it's really not. Well, it starts off with the bugs stuff. Sure. Which is such a stereotypical, oh, if you take acid, you're going to hallucinate bugs all over your body. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, this you know, over the summer, last summer, when we're all talking about uh, defund the police... I think this is a good example of something that that's what they mean. Like people with a drug addiction maybe shouldn't be handled in a, this is illegal. We're going to get you off the streets way. Like this is something that should be handled by someone who has experience dealing with people who have addiction issues. And then maybe we can work on rehabilitating and giving these people therapy for their addiction rather than just penalizing them. And at, well, I mean here, like they do like the more nefarious thing and, and you, I've started seeing discussions about this. I feel like there's a documentary out now, and I, I, or maybe I'm just imagining that, about how rehabs profit from repeat customers. Like, they want to get you just well enough so that you go back out and relapse. Oh, man. And it's, it's a big problem in, like, the rehab community because so many of these for-profit rehab facilities want to get you just well enough that you feel like you can do things on your own but they don't make money unless you like relapse and like that's something that's sort of explored here i mean here it's even like a bigger more nefarious thing but not it's not like science fiction nefarious like it seems plausible that a company like new path could be doing this wow that really bums me out to hear you say that i didn't know about the for-profit rehabilitation centers yeah, I mean, this should be yeah. This should be something that's not trying to run under a capitalist system. This shouldn't be something that's trying to make money. Your goal as a rehabilitation service should be to have no clients. Yeah, you should have no new clients. Right. So that means it needs to be a government agency. Yeah, it has to be me. subsidized in some way. Yeah. From my understanding, the Betty Ford Clinic does good stuff, but it's also massively expensive mm-hmm. because they don't want you coming back so it's like they do try and make sure that they are doing a good job and and the cost of doing that is exorbitant like you're mm-hmm. not coming back we got to get all the money that we can from you up front right i mean a- another problem is like a lot of these rehab facilities because these are people who have no money no assets they've burned all their bridges they do forced labor stuff like mm-hmm. you'll earn your keep through work here and it becomes like this indentured servitude thing the movie mentions New Path so little that, like, by the time we get to that at the end, it's sort of a surprise. Like, we're not expecting the movie to go down this route. Right. And then when it does, I don't know, it's just, like, it feels like all the stuff they were paranoid about wasn't true. They they should have been paranoid about completely different things. Right. Yeah. Which uh, is usually what Philip K. Dick is really good about. Yeah. He leads you one way, and then it turns out, oh, no, you should have been thinking about this thing. And Winona Ryder, like, kind of foreshadows. Knowing the twist this time through, I was looking for stuff, and it's like, oh, it's pretty obvious yeah. when you know what to look for. Yeah. Well, because, like, yeah, it's like they show the blue flowers at that meeting at the beginning, and then one of the, the doctors like, why don't you get her some blue flowers? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Winona Ryder is like, oh, I just want to go up to a cabin up north someday on a farm and, like, right. just live out there and... 
and just how like she doesn't want to get touched and like when when he's at her place and and she's he's like why won't you let me touch you she's like i do a lot of cocaine yeah it's like but that's terrible yeah. that's a terrible cover look i do a lot of coke okay and i just have to be really careful because i do a lot of coke so just leave my body alone okay no one's buying that yeah i do like how he asks if he can put his arms around her can i put my arms around you because you know famously keanu reeves like when he has pictures where it's like with somebody who has like the arm hover. Oh, does he? You've never seen that? No. Yeah, just look up Keanu Reeves' arm hover. He doesn't touch people if they like. I want a picture with you. No. Because he doesn't want. He's he wants to be respectful. Oh. And so. You know, I like Keanu as a person. Oh yeah, I think he's a good person. Uh, he's dating an age-appropriate artist uh, right now, and I'm just like, she's very attractive, and I'm just like, that's a good-looking couple. Those yeah. two, like, it makes sense. Um. You hear lots of good things about him. Like yeah, IRL. he just sounds like a nice person. Yeah, he sounds down to earth. And uh, I love that. Yeah, if you look, he, like, he just doesn't he doesn't want to touch people if they don't want to be touched. Oh. And so I thought it was funny that in this movie, he asked her, can I put my arms around you? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's sort of sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, Keanu just sounds like a super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and like we talked about in Dangerous Liaisons, I'm very glad he found his lane. Yeah. Because <laughs> Dangerous Liaisons <laughs> was not it. And this movie actually is a good... For him, because he is a very physical actor. He has, like, a very physical presence, I feel. Mm -hmm. And when you're rotoscoping, like, you kind of need that. You You got to move. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, worked. Worked for me. Yeah. Choice casting, because you want someone who's a little burnt out, and he does have that burnt out quality to him. Just through his breathy way of talking. (laughs) That's a spot-on Keanu. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it almost went like Donald Trump. <laughs> That's, I wasn't going to say it. I thought it. I wasn't going to say it. No, I watched... Uh, terrible movie uh last night something's gotta give which keanu's in is that the one with diane keaton she gets nude i did see that one day and at some point (laughs) and jack nicholson and keanu reeves plays a doctor who like forms like these feelings for diane keaton and i'm watching the movie and i'm like well don't remember that (laughs) yeah he uh because she's like a playwright and he's like oh my god i've seen all your plays uh, and like ask her out and he's like totally smooth and suave I was like he's 36 he's a doctor he's never been married and I'm like you lock that down yeah he's uh, a doctor and, and he's like super handsome like his hair's on point and it's 2003 so like between this movie and the matrix so he's like just chiseled <laughs> like oh, yeah. I'm just like you have a 36 year old doctor who wants in your panties like I know no woman ever says the word panties but <laughs> Spoiler alert for something's got to give. She ends up with Jack Nicholson, and I'm like, I know that he's got a slimy charm, but Keanu's a doctor. Yeah. Like, and he's so handsome, and he cares about you. Yeah. It was really frustrating. It, like, ruined the whole movie for me. I was like, she should end up with Keanu. (laughs) So, we're all team hit it on Keanu, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you imagine him like whispering in your ear? I feel like he'd be good at dirty talk. Yeah. Like, that voice. his voice is almost husky, Lauren Bacall esque. Mm. Anyway, 
Any other thoughts on waking life? You mean Scanner Darkly? <laughs> I'm on drugs, okay? <laughs> uh, no, I think that kind of touches on all, all the major things I want to do. I just wanted to do a good stoner movie for 420. And this this is a movie that, like, on my list for the podcast since day one. Oh and we're going to die one day, Ryan. We got to do these movies before we die. It's true. It's true. I feel like I'm not going through them fast enough. <laughs> I guess on that note, I'm also going to do a movie that's been on my list forever, and I got to get it done. I got to get it done. Oh, God. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. So we're winding back to our last double feature, talking about a certain director by the name of Guy Madden, (gasps) and uh, how I've got to get some of these Guy Maddens checked off. So I want to do a Guy Madden next week. Okay. And I want to do Brand Upon the Brain. Oh, okay. I own that one, I think. It's a favorite of mine because it was filmed here had its premiere at the northwest film forum it's a local fave um and also it's just i think it's one of guy men's best movies if i remember correctly it's it's very quintessential yes. of his yeah it's got every it's got all the guy madnisms you could want right and um it actually is part of his like self trilogy so we've got um coward's been the knee Brand Upon the Brain, and My Winnipeg. Oh. Um, which, maybe I'll do that one day, too. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, they're all kind of of a piece. Okay. And so I think we can maybe compare and contrast a little bit. Yeah, I don't think I've seen Brand Upon the Brain since, like, 2007 or eight. Oh, I want to yeah. say. Okay. It's okay. been a while. It's been a while. Um, it's a good one. It's been on the list from the beginning. And so, start knocking them off. Let's yeah. Plug our junk. Get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. Sorted topic of coin. If you want to go to our Patreon, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that, and we will talk about you in the highest esteem. Love all our Patreon subscribers. Uh, Patreon.com slash X-Rated Movies. Drop us some coin. Yeah, you get get lots of bonus content, and uh, I guess that's about it at the moment. But we'll we'll give you a name check if you sign up. Uh, Free ways to leave us love are uh, leaving glowing reviews at uh, any place where you get your podcasts mm-hmm. otherwise you can reach out and touch us reach out touch us on twitter at x-rated movies on facebook at rated x movies via electronic mail at x.rated.movies at gmail.com boy this is hard on drugs <laughs> and check out our website xratedmovies.com nailed it <laughs> all right we gotta get grandpa Whedon into bed here <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> so, come on, Grandpa. <laughs> I live here. <laughs> Let me go. All right. Until next week, brand upon the brain. Keep it for that rainbow. Rainbow.